0: University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great.
1: Good afternoon. Welcome on in to another edition of Rival Insiders here on KSL Sports.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm your BYU Insider, Mitch Harper. Joined, as always, every Tuesday at high noon by KSL Sports Utah Insider, Michelle Bodkin and Michelle, uh, we have not done this yet this season where both teams coming off losses, uh, so we'll try to unpack what exactly happened and what went wrong as both BYU and Utah hit the midway point. We'll preview the big week ahead with USC rolling into town and an SEC foe for BYU as Arkansas travels to Provo and then, our, of course, our Week 7 picks. But uh, we got to unpack what happened last week. Uh, both teams... Take tumbles down in the AP Top 25. Utah checks in at number 20. BYU falls out of the pole. The Cougars drop a game to Notre Dame. UCLA uh, takes down Utah in Pasadena. You were in uh, the Rose Bowl for that Utah game. What what went wrong for the Utes?
2: I think the big thing was they, they couldn't get a stop. They they need to get a stop. They couldn't get a stop, and and when they did get a stop, they shot themselves in the foot. Uh, you know, they had a penalty, or they it's you know third and long, and they let let UCLA run or throw for you know forty four yards. It it just it was a little bit of a comedy of error, and and then on the other hand, you know, uh, you have a guy like Cam Rising that I mean really gave it his all, but two turnovers. Uh, So it just, it it was all kinds of things that kind of came together and just did not work in Utah's favor. I think UCLA was just much more prepared to play that game. Uh, And, and they really, I, I, they just came out more fired up than Utah did. It it was a really interesting thing because I kind of felt relatively good about that game going into it. And the minute I walked into that stadium, it was like, nope, <laughs> I'm not feeling this. Uh, I don't know if you've ever experienced that before where you felt great about a game and then you just walk in and you're like, nope, these are not the vibes. Uh, that that was kind of Saturday, and I, it turned out to be right.
1: It's interesting. You could follow Michelle on Twitter at Bodkin KSL Sports. Follow me, Mitch underscore Harper. BYU lost to Notre Dame 28-20 to 20 in Las Vegas. It was a game where Jaron Hall was... Uh, not his usual self. Uh, He was dealing with shoulder pain, even though he said, contrary to popular belief, public belief, uh, he was 100%. I I tend to disagree. That just didn't look like Jaron Hall at all. But, hey, he knows his body, I guess, better than anyone else, even though he has had a track record where last year he said he was fine after the Arizona State game, and then he had cracked ribs. Uh, So there's a little bit of a precedent there. I know I get it, you don't want to talk about injuries, but Jaron wasn't his typical self, uh, and BYU got off to a horrific start and kind of played out like I thought it would, where you know Notre Dame was more than enough capable of winning by three touchdowns. Uh, BYU made a late comeback and got back into it, but ultimately not enough, and BYU goes in the midway point at 4-2, and two. and I got to say, Michelle, I think that maybe, I think both BYU and Utah were a little bit overrated coming into the season.
2: I, it, I it, it would kind of appear so. I, I still believe that Utah is a very good football team. I just don't think we've seen that out on the field for a full four quarters, all three phases. It's it's kind of been individual players have looked really great or individual units have looked really great, but they have yet to come together as a full team uh, the way that I was expecting them to. And I, I don't know why that is. I don't know why they've been missing that it factor. I mean, they still could have a really great season. It's not going to be a playoff season, but you can still win your conference championship. You can still go to the Rose Bowl, but it's going to take a conscious decision this week and moving forward that we are all working together to accomplish this goal. Uh, And I just don't think we've seen that yet from this team.
1: Yeah. Neither BYU or Utah feel like they've played anywhere close to a complete 60 minutes. I think maybe BYU in week one against USF they got off to that hot start maybe that's the closest you could say but that was USF uh, I think that uh, just uh, both teams have not uh, been as dominating I guess is what you expect credit to mm-hmm. both UCLA and Notre Dame though I thought they are teams that are clearly trending up UCLA especially Notre Dame I think they're probably an eight and four team at best but uh, You know, they pretty much sliced up BYU's defense. BYU's defense was on the field for 41 minutes, but uh, they can't get off the field. They can't get off on third downs, and there's just some real issues for both of these teams. At the midway point, let's say, what would you say is for Utah, maybe the MVP to the midway point and the area or position or something that needs to improve if Utah wants to turn around this season in the back half?
2: I think the MVP, you know, was split between Clark Phillips and Cam Rising. Uh, I think they've really kind of carried the team for the most part. Uh, you know, maybe a special shout out to Devon Bailey. I think he's really stepped up, especially with Brent Keithy not being available. Uh, but I, I I mean, outside of that, again, it just has not felt like a team effort. Uh, and so, you know, looking looking at, you know, what needs to be improved, I think it's that front seven. So something's got to give with that front seven. There's just been too many miscommunications. There's been too many times that, you know, they just have looked disoriented or they've had their person and he escapes because they just don't finish, finish the play. So that that's kind of the area of emphasis. If they can get more stops on defense, if they can keep things from getting away from them, they've been great in past protection or in past defense, uh, Nobody's really done a whole lot there, but surprisingly, run defense has not been that great. And, and I think that's really where they've gotten hurt and have been burned.
1: For, I think for BYU, too, that their offensive MVP, probably Jaron Hall, for sure. I think that his significance uh, on this team uh, showed itself on Saturday against Notre Dame that when he's not at his full self, uh, BYU only mustered up 48 yards of total offense in the first half. Second half, he found a little bit of his groove, like his typical self, but still nowhere near what he's used to. But it shows the impact that he has on this team. Mm -hmm. So he's the MVP. A defensive side say Max Tooley. Uh, He's had a heck of a year. He's played fantastic football. The area that BYU needs to improve, and it's just been a downright disaster, is the kicking game. I I think that the kicking situation with Jake Oldroyd and Justin Smith, it's just not working. Uh, Justin Smith missed an extra point. I know that there was a penalty, and it moved it back five yards. But still... Uh, that that should be made, and it was completely missed uh, to the point where it's like, I asked Kalani this week, it's like, are you considering maybe a tryout? Because this is getting to be a mess, and Kalani says that it's all about the competition still, uh, but they still have Cash Peterman as a third option, but uh, just not good on that situation for BYU when it comes to the kicking game, and that's a pretty big surprise because in the past, Jake Oldroyd has had uh, some success, uh, and BYU and Utah will look to get back On the successful side of things this week with some big home games, we'll have you covered up and down the Wasatch Front, uh, starting with BYU and Arkansas, and then Utah and USC in the nightcap. We'll start with the Cougars and the Razorbacks. Only the third game BYU's had in Provo against an SEC team. The two other games were against Mississippi State uh, in 2000 and 2016, you split those games, but it's not often that an SEC team rolls into Provo, especially in the mid-season. One thirty kick. Pre-game coverage begins at nine a.m. with yours truly on KSL News Radio, and uh, it'll be on ESPN. Arkansas favored by one and a hook, uh, one and a half points. Arkansas is. How do you see this one playing out, Michelle?
2: I. <sighs> Tough, I, I, both of these games, uh, it's, it's a little bit tough right now because I can see a scenario where BYU and Utah get it together, uh, that they finally get that wake up call, but I also can see that scenario where it's like a little too late. So, uh, I, I'm, I may be leaning towards Arkansas. I've, I've had so much belief leading up to this point, but I just have not seen anything. I haven't seen anything from either of them, to be honest, to where I don't know that I feel confident picking either of them at this point.
1: Arkansas comes into the game on a three-game losing streak. Uh, Their backs are against the wall. They need this one badly. I think BYU needs this one badly, too. In fact, I think BYU will get uh, the win here. BYU is very good as a home underdog. They've won their last three games under Kalani Satake as the home dog. I think BYU rises up and gets this win. Now, they haven't been a good day game team. They've lost their last four in the daytime, so they got to get that right. But I think the atmosphere will be really good in, in Provo. It's going to be around 70 degrees at kickoff. Beautiful weather uh, forecast for uh, Saturday in the fall in Provo. And I think Arkansas is just asking themselves, why are we playing this game? Uh, amidst, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, as Sam Pittman said this week in his presser, It's abnormal for an SEC team to be going out west to Provo. Like He's never seen it before, and he's been an SEC lifer for the most part of his career. So I think they're kind of looking around going, why are we doing this? Now they get K.J. Jefferson back, the Arkansas starting quarterback, who is going to be just an absolute to try to bring down I mean that guy so good I'm so excited to actually see him in person I think he's going to be a heck of a player and a tough challenge but I think BYU finds a way uh, to get this one I think it's going to be similar to the Baylor game where it might go to OT and some late game theatrics I don't think BYU blows them out but I think they find a way to win and maybe this could be the opportunity for a field goal kicker to uh, rise up and and get on the good side of of things for BYU. I, I wouldn't bank on it, but uh, I think BYU finds a way to pull this one off. So I'll go with the Cougs, ever so close. I think it's going to be a, a good game in Provo. Then in the nightcap, we'll go up north, uh, 45 miles to the north, and Utah up on the hill. We'll be hosting number seven USC, a game that everyone has been circled for circling for months. I think probably since last November. When USC hired Lincoln Riley, this has been the game that everyone has been looking forward to on Utah. Schedule 6 o'clock kick on Fox. Utah's the favorite, and do they deliver as that home favorite against the mighty Trojans? Uh,
2: Again, I'm in a place where I'm like, gosh, I just don't know what to think. I don't know what to expect. On one hand, you know, this series is one of my favorite in the Pac-12. I think Utah and USC play each other very well. I think they've mostly been very entertaining games. Not too many of them have been blowouts. Uh, Typically speaking, the home team does walk away victorious. Uh, So, I mean, Utah has some of that working in their favor. Uh, And obviously night game at Rice Eccles, like it, it should be a great environment, especially against the number seven team in the country. But on the other hand, you have a team that hasn't quite figured out their identity on the field, whereas you have another team that I feel like is starting to get it and really kind of finding their groove and, and coming on strong. Uh, I, 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 for me, this one's a toss up. I, I think either way it's going to be close. I don't know who pulls it out, though. I, I just don't have a good feel or a good read on this on this game, uh, and so much of it, I think, hinges more on what is Utah going to do. What what are they going to look like? What are they going to step up and do and be in this game? I, I just don't know. I'm and I'm not confident about it.
1: I think I think Utah wins this game. I do. I I said in the preseason that. Uh, USC, uh, would go 11 and one this year. I'll stick with that. I thought the one loss would be on the Hill against Utah. I think Utah for 60 minutes, uh, could get this win USC at times in stretches against Washington state against Arizona state. They've looked human. Now, the thing is with the <laughs> Trojans is that they are number one in turnover margin. They are very opportunistic in creating takeaways, and I think that that's where, if Utah can avoid the disastrous turnover, uh, maybe a pick six, because not only has USC created takeaways, they've been a pick six type team, and that's what Utah has always feasted off us of, off of for years, and they still have with Clark Phillips. I think that Utah finds a way to maybe get uh, an early touchdown. Maybe it's a pick six from Clark Phillips again. Maybe it's some uh, a big touchdown pass, something that just gives – kind of settles the nerves, gets everyone engaged in the game. Because I think going in, it's going to be a little bit different tone than years past. I think there's going to be a lot of tension and nervousness going into this one. But I think Utah finds a way to squeak it out. It's going to be close. I think this is going to be, you know, I think what's interesting, though, is that USC has shown uh, they can win some defensive battles. They can win games where their offense is flying high. Uh, that's what's tough about this team, and they're super talented, and Lincoln Riley just brings that that swag factor back to USC, and it's cool that USC feels like USC again because uh, the Pac-12 has just not been the same without the Trojans being just that awesome brand that they truly are. So I think Utah wins this one, and I think they get their season back on track. Does it mean that they're destined for the Pac-12 title? I'd pump the brakes still on that with games against Oregon looming in the schedule, but I think they find a way to pull it out this week. And I think if you're USC, you'd still control your destiny, the playoffs still in front of you, the Pac-12 championship still in front of you because no division uh, determining the champion. So this could be a rematch uh, potentially in the championship game if both these teams continue, uh, maybe get on a heater after this one. So I think Utah finds a way to get it done. Does that instill a little more confidence for for the Utes for you?
2: the one thing I will say, I feel like Utah has going for them. They are going to be honoring Ty Jordan and Aaron Lowe. And so I think that's a good opportunity for them to kind of remember what they're doing this for. I I think that's gone lost a little bit and understandably so, Uh, you know, so, so having those helmets and, and the families there, could provide that spark that I think has just been missing where they've been flat. And then, of course, again, great opponent. Uh, they're looking good. And who doesn't want to, you know, maybe spoil someone's season a little bit, spoil their record, take them down a notch. That's something that Utah's feasted on for a long, long time. Uh, this this identity of being the the ones on top and having to stay on top is a very new concept to them. They've always kind of been the season ruiner. Uh, so, I mean, there is that working in Utah's favor. I still, I still don't know what to make of this game. And, and I think it's really going to depend on what does that front seven do? Do they establish themselves and push USC around, uh, and, and give USC a fight? Because I think that's where USC struggled this year is when someone's been as physical as they are. Uh, or, you know, is, is USC going to be the one that kind of comes out and takes charge, uh, because Utah, once again, can't figure out that front seven situation.
1: I don't know. Six o'clock kick, we will find out answers, uh, Utah and USC. uh, So that'll be a good one. One of the top games on the college football slate. Again, both the local games, uh, some of the better matchups in the week seven college football slate. Last week's picks, uh, we both fared well, six and one. You still hold a one-game edge on me on the season. You're at 27-12. and I'm at 26-13. and Let's go to the week seven picks, and we'll start it off. We got a lot of top twenty five games here, uh, top ten or top ten matchup. Yes, number ten Penn State at number five Michigan in the Big House. Who you got?
2: Mm, I don't. I I don't really trust Michigan. I I just don't know. I I think five's a little bit high for them. I'll I'll go with an upset on this one. We'll okay. go Penn State.
1: All right, I'm gonna go with. Michigan, like you, I'm not totally sold on on the Wolverines. They didn't really play anyone in the non conference, uh, but still at home, I, I think I'm not really sold on Penn State either. Uh, but so I'll go, I'll go Michigan there. We'll go to the Big Twelve, where man, it's a mess for Oklahoma. They lost forty nine to zero last week against Texas. Uh, number nineteen, Kansas, coming off a, a tough loss at home with College Game Day against TCU a week ago. Number 19, Kansas, looking to get that sixth win to get to bowl eligibility. Goes into Norman. They're down and out with the Sooners. Does Kansas pull the upset?
2: Ooh, this is a good question. Yeah, I I think Kansas, I don't know. There's just something not right about Oklahoma at the moment. Uh, I, I think Kansas has it going on. I think they have it figured out. That really was unfortunate that they lost last week. Uh, but I think they're going to be motivated to to prove and bounce back. Yeah, Whereas was, I I think Oklahoma's broken.
1: Yeah, this was a tough game to pick. Uh, I think that Oklahoma, back against the wall, desperation game for them. If they lose this, I think their season bottoms out and they don't go to a bowl game. I think they find a way to muster up enough to take down Kansas. Uh, some injury questions with Jalen Daniels at Kansas, the quarterback. Uh, so something to monitor there with the Jayhawks. But uh, Oklahoma, I'll get them barely taking down the Jayhawks. Number eight, Oklahoma State at number 13, TCU. I'll go with TCU in this one. I think that uh, their offense is explosive. there at home. I love what Sonny Dykes is doing there. This is an upset to me, uh, or maybe not an upset in my mind, because I think TCU's got better overall talent. I think they're more explosive than Oklahoma State, uh, but the rankings would say it's an upset. So I'm going to go with the Horned Frogs. What about you?
2: Yeah, I think I'll go Horn Frogs on this one. Uh, I really like what TCU's been doing. I've actually low-key really liked TCU for years. Uh, They kind of lost themselves a little bit. It appears they're maybe back on track again.
1: Yeah, I think that'll be a good game. In the ACC, uh, unusual top 25 tilt. uh, Brand names don't inspire anything here, but uh, interesting nonetheless. Number 15, NC State. Number 18, Syracuse. Syracuse is five and and undefeated. I will go with the Wolfpack here because I'll, I'll be transparent. I haven't watched much on Syracuse. So I'm just not buying them at all, but I'll go with the Wolfpack.
2: Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I don't know a whole lot about Syracuse. I, 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 I don't feel like I can accurately judge them per se. I have seen a little bit of North Carolina State. So that's where I'll go with that
1: one number 16 Mississippi State at number 22 Kentucky Wildcats reeling a little bit but they still got Will Levis the quarterback matchup here is outstanding who you got
2: I'll go Mississippi State on this one it's it's an interesting matchup but I'll go Mississippi State
1: this is a tough one I you know what I'm gonna go I'm going to go Kentucky here. I don't trust it. I, I kind of wanted to go Mississippi state, but I got to get that one game. I got to get up on you. I got to <laughs> close the gap. <laughs> I got to close the gap somehow. So I'll go Kentucky there just for that reason alone. And then the game of the week, maybe the the game of young volunteer fans lives. They've never experienced this big of a game. Number three, Alabama at number six, Tennessee, the Crimson tide coming off that underwhelming performance against a and Uh, Questions at quarterback. Number six, Tennessee, is just flying high with Hendon Hooker and this high-powered, hypo-offense. This is the biggest game, I think, in a quarter century at Rocky Top, at least since their, you know, 98 national championship. There's been some games, the checkered game against Oklahoma. They had Alabama back in, I think, 2016 with Butch Jones brick by brick. There's been some big ones, but it feels like this is tangible with Tennessee. If they win this... They're a legit title contender. What happens here on Rocky Top?
2: You know what? I, I will go ahead and take the upset here. I, I just, I, I'm not completely sold on Alabama. Uh, I feel like they've been better than the people that they've played so far. I don't know that I'm convinced that they're better than Tennessee at this
1: point. I like it. I respect it. I mean, I will never pick against Nick Saban. I'm going to stick with that. I'm gonna go with Bama, but uh, I, I I wanted I was considering the the Vols. I I want the I want to see Tennessee do it because I think they're a cool story. I think that program is. I love the history of Tennessee because I mean, really, I don't think people realize just how historic of a brand. When you talk about SEC traditions and and prestige, it's Bama. Then to me, like Tennessee from a historic perspective, such great tradition in Tennessee football, and it'd be cool to see them back in the playoff. Hunt, uh, because it just felt like for years they've been a distant afterthought in the college football picture. But this might be the weekend to do it, but I'll still go with the Crimson Tide. But that's going to give me a good week of games here. We'll have you covered uh, for the local teams, BYU and Utah, big ones for both the local squads. We'll have all the coverage on kslsports.com and all of our social media platforms. So we'll talk to you next week here on Rivals Insiders here on KSL Sports.